What's up, everybody? It's the Power Rankings Podcast, a.k.a. the Power Rankings Show. I am your host, Elliot Harrison. On this day after day one of the 2022 NFL Draft, I'm pleased to be joined, as always, by at Marcus underscore Mosher, who uh, Marcus is all business today. He's like, he's a, look, like, let's just get the podcast going. Okay, bro? Like, I, seriously. Well, I got to say about this, Elliot, right now is my favorite day of the year because we get to talk about everything that just happened last night all the picks that's still fresh plus we get to look forward to what's going to happen tonight on day two of the draft which i i always love day two so it's it's a good time to be a football fan so did you enjoy yourself last night i did i had a lot of fun and up until about pick 24 <laughs> uh, <laughs> then i was no, good the rest no. of the way because we'll, there was some picks after that i got really excited about we'll get there so here's what i thought uh Obviously, Marcus has a lot of thoughts. You guys know that he geeks out over this. I have five quick draft thoughts that I want to get your take on my draft thoughts. And then I thought we'd get your kind of best and worst picks. Okay. Uh, of course, it's very hard to gauge a pick uh, the day after. But I can tell you one pick that I know Marcus doesn't like for sure. So so I already know who one of the uh, not good picks is. But uh, my first thought. You ready? Mm-hmm. Just quick thoughts. First pick overall. Um, I don't love it. I don't understand the idea of taking someone who hasn't shown you down in and down out that they are going to dominate a game. Uh, why spend the first overall pick in the draft partially on upside? Because it sure sounded like that the second overall pick, so I'm talking about Trayvon Walker went number one, mm-hmm. Aiden Hutchinson went number two. The Aiden Hutchinson <clears throat> was Mel Kuyper's top player on the board. He had the productivity in college. Um, why not go safer there when these guys are so close? Yeah, I would have taken Aiden Hutchinson. However, I, I've seen people all day today just kill that pick. I'm I'm not necessarily necessarily there. I think I think there's a lot of risk with Walker because he hasn't necessarily shown to be an elite pass rusher yet. However. You are talking about somebody who is, I think, maybe the best athlete we've ever seen at defensive end. He plays really hard. It sounds like, by all accounts, he's a really hard worker and he's really smart. I'm okay gambling on that type of player rather than somebody who is extremely talented, but maybe you have to worry about their work ethic a little bit. I just don't think that's the case with Walker. Okay, so when you said you've seen people kill that pick, you're talking about the Walker pick or the Hutchinson pick? The Walker pick because okay. they, they wanted somebody a little bit safer in Hutchinson, who we've seen in the Big Ten have you know a 13-sack season. Um, but I, I – again, I would have taken Hutchinson, but I, I don't hate the Walker pick as much as most do. Okay, this is my – so this – I told you I had about five thoughts here. This is my biggest one, though, this one that we're talking about right now. So just spend a second on it to let it breathe here. Um, when I went to a junior college, my freshman year of college, I lived in the football dorm and a lot of great athletes in that dorm. The best athlete I've ever seen, uh, lived in that dorm and used to play basketball with him. He played on the football team. Best athlete I've ever seen. Uh, that guy did not even make the practice squad of the Cowboys. Um, being a great athlete has not proven in NFL history to be the dividing line between great players. It just hasn't. 
Uh, how many Marcus certifiable Hall of Fame guys can you think of that have been like five-time first-team All-Pro type guys that teams reached on them because of their athleticism and they didn't have any productivity or, or didn't have enough productivity in college? I can't really think of very many. Yeah, I, I think the difference here is it's not like Walker was a bad player in college or anything sure, like sure, that. Sure, sure, I get it. He, he was just not as productive as Hutchinson, right? And he comes on a, from, from a team that I think the greatest college defense of all time, and they just didn't let him necessarily pin his ears back and get the quarterback. I, I can see why Jacksonville, especially with Balky, who's had success with these long athletic guys before him, DeForest Buckner, Eric Armstead, Alden Smith to a degree, I, I can see why he went more with the length and athleticism. I, I, I understand it. If we're talking about the 28th pick in the draft, sure. we're talking about the first overall pick in the draft. Why can't you have an elite athlete who also produced on the field for a big school? Because I think we're starting to split hairs with this elite athleticism, whether a guy runs a, fair. a four, six, four versus a four, five, five at a certain size. It doesn't matter at that position. The 40 yard dash does not matter. And I know that's not the only thing he was judged on, but I heard it so much. I just, Sorry, uh, you and having you and Chad on and talking this stuff every week. Well, you know, I think that's the difference, right? Like Hutchinson is a really good athlete as well. It's not like Walker's an amazing athlete and Hutchinson's a below average athlete with really good production. That wasn't the case. Hutchinson still tested in like the 95th percentile of pass rushers to come. That's what I mean. Right now, if there was a big drop off, I I would kind of get that. But anyway, yeah, uh, that's my first thought. Okay. Uh, second thought on the draft, we talked about, I've told you how, uh, I think quarterback is way too important. We've had podcasts about it. The fact that defensive players went the first, you know, what, uh, four picks in the draft here, a uh, five, picks, uh, sorry. first uh, five uh, picks for defensive yeah, guys. Yep. Thibodeau was, uh, uh, the fifth pick. So you've got the first five picks go on defense. Is that indicative to you that people really do value defense and that I'm wrong when I say it just seems to be all be all about quarterbacks now? Or is it really more reflective of the fact that this is kind of a cruddy quarterback class? It, it's it's a cruddy quarterback class. And that's why we saw one quarterback get drafted in the first round last night. And we not we might not see another quarterback drafted until we get to pick 40 or 45. Um, and I think the defenders are really good, like Aiden Hutchinson, Stingley, Sauce Gardner, Thibodeau. Those are all really, really good prospects. So I, I think if there was a better quarterback prospect, yeah, Detroit would have considered it. Houston would have considered one. And the Giants would have considered one. But we just didn't have any of those. Uh, another uh, thought I had relating to that one is the idea here uh, not the idea but just you know it's pretty impressive that the tackles went off the board the way they did uh mm-hmm. you know boom at six uh carolina gets theirs uh, and then boom at seven uh the giants get evan neal and then boom at nine a guy that you and chad talked about a lot on our podcast was charles cross mm-hmm. out of mississippi state uh was this surprising to you is this kind of refute my theory that quarterbacks are, you know, overrated? Or is this, once again, another indication that actually, no, this is this is reflective of a cruddy quarterback class and these are the best players? 
I'm actually a little surprised that the offensive lineman didn't go earlier. I, I thought there was a really good chance that the Jets were going to take one at four, the Giants were going to take Neal at five, and then the Panthers would take Aquanu by six, and you'd have three offensive tackles all off the board inside the top six. Didn't play out that way. Um, but, yeah, I, I, I all think they landed in good spots. I liked, I liked the fit for all three of those guys. I just think in this class, some of these teams like Carolina, um, I think, I think I think the Giants they just didn't want to tie themselves to a potentially below average quarterback. So instead, they're going to put the pieces around uh, the next quarterback, right? So we'll see if Daniel Jones is the answer or not. We'll see if Jimmy Garoppolo goes to to Carolina or if it's Sam Darnold. I I just think the value here was too good for these the Giants and the Panthers and the Seahawks to pass up. The way you guys talked about Aquanu, I thought he was going to go earlier. Uh, well. He, I mean, he I can, pretty early as is. And I, but. I, I can say this now. Um, it wasn't for Jacksonville. It wasn't a discussion of Hutchinson Walker. It was Walker or Aquanu. Doug Peterson wanted Aquanu because he loves to build the offensive line. The front office wanted the edge rusher. They believe that they can get an offensive line later, lineman later in the draft. And that's why they went with Walker. Okay. Uh, my forethought I like what Pittsburgh did at quarterback. And I'll tell you why I like it. The idea of this, you know, we can't have this guy in as a backup. Remember when they were talking about bringing a backup in, Russell Wilson, and whether or not that was going to mess with his confidence a few years ago. And, you know, uh, with, with the Colin Kaepernick discussion that came up. And it's come up with other teams as well. And, you know, make the guys compete. Why shouldn't the quarterbacks have to compete? And why should you just hand a guy a job? Is it that different because you're worried about his confidence? If he can't handle a little bit of competition, then he's probably not your guy anyway. So I love the idea of of doing that. Do you did you like the picket pick better than them taking Malik Willis at twenty? Hmm. Willis is more of the project, and I actually thought that's where they were going because they have Trubisky on a two year deal. I, I thought that would be the better option, but they went with somebody who I think they believe can play right away and help them compete. Well, what I like about this is that Trubisky is not this grizzled veteran. That's going to need to be helping out. You know, this isn't Josh McCown, you know, sitting with Malik Willis and helping him understand what it takes to be a pro quarterback or, or working with Kenny Pickett and helping him understand what it means to be a pro quarterback. This is Mitch Trubisky who is a young quarterback still right? Who's trying to compete for his NFL career. And that's what I like about it. I like the idea of, Hey, let's let these guys fight it out. If that's what the intention is. And you may get better play out of Trubisky as a result, or Pickett may develop uh, faster because he works harder because it's not being handed to him. I just, I liked the idea. That's all. Um, yeah, I didn't hate it. I, I, I'm, I'm glad that they, uh, I'm glad that they didn't trade up or anything like that for one of these quarterbacks that didn't make any sense. And they just sat there and they picked their guy. So I get it. I think the difference here is like, for example, if the lions were to go get a quarterback and with Jared Goff, Jared Goff was already there. Mitch Trubisky yeah. wasn't already in Pittsburgh last year. He's a new arrival as well. And so yeah. they're having them compete. I think is awesome. I will say, I, I thought for sure that Detroit was taking Malik Willis when they traded up into the first round yes, in 32. Yes. I, I thought for sure. So I, I was shocked when they took somebody different. 
So that's kind of my package point for my fifth and final point here. Um, the the lions are kind of a, a a jumping off point here. So I thought the same thing you did. I thought, oh gosh, for sure. And they took another wide receiver, and this was after the two Ohio State wide receivers went back to back. So number one, I can't remember a draft like this where teammates went back to back and this many receivers well, went. Can I also put out, so we have 10, 11, and 12. That was Wilson, Olave, Williams. Jamison Williams in 2020 played at Ohio State. He was behind Wilson and Olave on that roster. So you have three Ohio State receivers go one, two, and three here. It's insane. They should all get drafted by Washington. Uh, You know, it's too bad. Uh, Sorry, poor football humor for the 1% that got it. But I know Marcus got it. So that's all that matters. But they certainly aren't the only wide receivers that went right because you had Dotson go to -hmm. Washington here at 16. uh, Speaking of uh, Washington. And then uh, who am I missing that? Traylon Burks went 18. And then London and Drake London went eight. Yeah. Dude, you remember like the the 2000, was it the eight draft or nine draft? Donnie Avery was the first wide receiver off the board. He went in the second round. 43 or whatever. Um, yep. Was it 2018 that DJ Moore and Calvin Ridley went almost back to back? Yeah, and 2019 was the year that we only had one first round receiver. I guess we had two. We had Hollywood Brown in the middle of the first, and then we had Nikhil Harry go 32 or whatever. Right, and when DJ Moore and Calvin Ridley were both highly regarded wide receivers coming out, didn't they go like – 22 and 24 or yeah something like that i think dj moore was the first one uh off the board i don't remember uh apologies but um i was really struck by that so my question to you is were you as shocked as i was that these wide receivers were were going so high and so frequently and do you think the lions could still be in play to get malik willis given that he wasn't drafted so I'm trying to remember where Detroit's next pick at. I got it right here. It's 46. Could they? I think it's possible. I don't think it's all that likely, though, because in my opinion, I think Detroit is looking ahead to 2023. Uh, when they Again, they have two first-round picks that year. as That's when they are going to be attacking the quarterback spot. They still have to pay Jared Goff this year. I kind of think they took Jamison Williams with the idea of, Listen, we don't really care if he's not ready for week one after he tore his ACL. It, it's not that big of a deal for us. We know we're not winning the Super Bowl this year. Let's just make sure that he's healthy by the end of the year or by 2023. That way, when we do get our next quarterback in, we'll be ready to go. So I, I think it's possible. I I just don't think it's all that likely for Detroit because if you have a pick at number two and you don't love Malik Willis there, you have a pick at 12 and you don't love Malik Willis there, What's the point of then drafting him at 46? You're basically telling us you don't believe he's a franchise quarterback. Well, let's just stay on this for a second. So I'm looking at the second round order right here, okay? You got Tampa Bay coming up. They're on the clock. Then you got uh, Minnesota after that, two teams that don't need quarterbacks unless Tampa drafts for next year. But you and I have talked about this before. Tampa Bay's going for it, right? Why would you spend the first pick in the second round if you indeed keep that pick? Yeah, they're not. You need a contributor right now. Uh, Go get offensive line help. Go get secondary help. You know, if you're Tampa, go get defensive line help if you're Tampa. Okay, so Minnesota doesn't need a quarterback. Tennessee, I could see them potentially drafting a quarterback, but that one makes more sense to me now, especially after you traded AJ Brown away, right? Yes, but not necessarily. I'm saying it's not a sure thing. Not a sure thing. No. Giants at four, they've already expressed their 
their interest in making Daniel Jones better, I don't see how picking a quarterback at the nope. top of the second round is going to do that. Uh, Houston, if you're no. going to get a quarterback, why didn't you do it already? I think you want to see what you have in Davis Mills, but I wouldn't be shocked if Houston. They they, they had two first round picks and they traded down with one and they said no. So yes, so seems unlikely. Again, more than likely, uh, no, but it's possible. Jets, no way. They spent a first round pick last year. They can't do that. Uh, Chicago, no way. You've got to see what you have in Justin Fields. So then you got Seattle at forty uh, overall, and forty. And I know yep. they brought Desmond Ritter in for a visit. Seattle could very easily take a quarterback. Yes, I expect back, them to. Right, back to back. Right, so forty and forty-one. Then you have the Colts at forty-two, who are going to have Matt Ryan. They think for a couple of years. Okay, I wouldn't be shocked though if the Colts strapped to one if they love him there. Like, like I could see, and I don't know if it's Malik Willis, but like Desmond Ritter. Like, hey, have him sit for a year or two behind Matt Ryan. I, I could see that one. Right. Okay. You got Atlanta at 43. Certainly could be in the market for mm-hmm. a quarterback. Uh, Cleveland at 44, no. Baltimore at 45, no. And now you have Detroit. And so that's why I said this is kind of a package thought for you that they – it surprised me they went for wide receiver. Blake Willis falls to them at 46. Why not? Barring any more trades, yeah. obviously we can't yeah. predict what trades are going to happen. Okay, my wacky brain just wonders if Baltimore at forty-five would be like, you know what? We've got this Lamar Jackson contract situation hanging over our head. We still have him on the fran. We've got him one year now. We got him on the franchise tag. Is it an awful pick to spend a second-round guy that's super athletic that can run our system? We've already we've already addressed two of our biggest needs here in the first round. They've got six fourth round picks coming up. I mean, do you do that? I, I mean, if he gets through Tennessee, though, if Malik Willis gets through Tennessee, why wouldn't why wouldn't Detroit consider leapfrogging Baltimore? And and you're just jumping up a few spots there in the second round. It would not take that much capital, Marcus, to do it. To go get him. Yeah, I, I won't. It won't shock me if Detroit does it. I, I personally, I would like to see Detroit just wait a year, right? And like, would you like to see Baltimore take him? Or are you just no. having fun? <laughs> no, I'm just. It yeah. just Baltimore's a very forward-thinking organization, right? If if they're having concerns, and I again, I don't know if this is true or not, but if they're having concerns about paying Lamar Jackson fifty million a year because of his play style and his durability. Maybe this is a, it's a second round pick. If it doesn't pan out, whatever. It's only a second round pick, you know? All right. So I'm going to pull a, a, a Marcus Mosher here. Um, three picks you liked, three picks you didn't. No prep. <sighs> uh, number one, favorite pick in the draft by far. And I mean, it's so on brand for the podcast. It's Zion Johnson, a guard from Boston <laughs> College going to the Chargers. First of all, we love guard play. Second of all, we yeah. love our Chargers. Um I just think Justin Herbert's one of these quarterbacks. If you protect him, you give him time, he's going to light your defense up. Zion is an incredible play, incredible player that can play three different positions. He's a great athlete, plug-and-play starter. Uh, my next one, Tyler Linderbaum for the Ravens. I Interesting. Mean, okay. Perfect center for them, right? Somebody who can just maul guys at the line of scrimmage. Uh, I, I thought, I mean, getting him at pick 25 is an absolute value. And then I really like Dax Hill, a safety slash corner that the Bengals drafted at 31. It's hard to find good players at the end of the first round. Like you just, you don't find them very often. 
Hill can play in the slot. He can play as a free safety. He can play as a strong safety. He can blitz. I just think when you put him on that defense with uh, Jesse Bates and Mike Hilton and the pass rush they have, I think Dax Hill is going to be a really good player. Uh, I like those. Um, you know, you're mentioning uh, the guard the Chargers got. I uh, Don't forget, guards are really important to the running game as well. You've oh, got gosh, a good little yeah. back yep. there. And Austin Eckler. I, you know, I don't want to see Justin Herbert throwing the ball 70 times, you know, um, yeah. I, I, they've got a really good running back, both in the running game and uh, the passing game there. So I, I like that they, for that reason. They still have a hole at right tackle. However, yeah. the other four spots of their offensive line, I would say are all at least average or above average. Right. And if your only one bad spot is at right tackle, you can do some things to, to make sure that it's not a big issue. So I, I just really like investing in the offensive line when you have a quarterback like Herbert. Well, and the other thing too, uh, we've talked about this before. I know we have a lot of listeners that are Cowboy fans. Um, look, we we watched Doug Free struggle <clears throat> for several years at right tackle, mm-hmm. and they worked with him. The rest of the line got better, and he played better after getting embarrassed a few times. Maybe maybe that was embarrassing to Storm Norton. You know, maybe he's gonna. Oh my gosh, I was gonna total dad joke. I was going to say he was going to come storming back this year. Oh. And that was so awful that I can't even. Yeah. Sorry. All right. Three picks you don't like, didn't like. Uh, yeah. Let's start with, I hate, you know, I don't want you to be. Yeah. yeah. Um, I'll start with the Patriots taking Cole strange, uh, the guard slash center from Chattanooga. I actually like strange quite a bit. I think he's going to be a NFL starter but I don't know of any team that had him even in the second round or in the third round on the consensus board that I do. Uh, he was picked one Oh four and even Sean McVay last night, he had a little uh, thing in his press conference. Like, Hey, we spent a lot of time hoping that he'd fall to one Oh four. I just thought that was a major reach. I did love the pick of Drake London to the Falcons. I, I get that they needed a receiver, but they already have one of these big targets in Kyle Pitts. I, I thought yep. that offense needed more speed. I thought Jamison Williams would have made much more sense or Garrett Wilson. And then the Cowboys taking Tyler Smith tackle slash guard from Tulsa. He's a big project. You're hoping that he can play left guard for you right away. Led the nation in penalties last year with 16. Um, I get that. And the Cowboys don't have enough linemen that give them penalties. So exactly. (laughs) And I don't love their offensive line coach. This doesn't seem like a great value here. Yeah. uh, One note there uh, regarding the the Patriots reaching, you know, at, at 29 uh, for Cole strange from Chattanooga. Wasn't that right around where Travis Frederick was picked and people said the same thing. That guy's a third round pick. You know, he was about the hundredth ranked player. I, I think you're right. No, you're right. I think the difference is, is Strange is a small center. Like he played at sub 300 pounds. And there's just not a lot of teams that are going to take a, a small center. You know, most teams don't like drafting centers anyways, but most teams really don't like drafting small centers. You already have one team in the Ravens draft a small center in the first round. I just think you could have waited it, it, second, third round. And he still would have been there. And the competition, right? Playing at Chattanooga. Chattanooga. Yep. Didn't Frederick play at, was it Wisconsin? I'm Wisconsin. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, there's a difference there. I just, it kind of jumped in mind because Frederick either went 31st or 29th. He went somewhere 31st, right yep. around there. Um, okay. Uh, any overarching thought? Uh, we got your picks you like, picks you didn't like. What, what was just the feeling you had when the draft <laughs> ended? Were you shocked at the number of trades? 
Were you shocked not, that only the quarterback went? What? Not shocked at the quarterback class because I just don't think it's a very good quarterback class. You see the impact of wide receiver contracts in free agency, how big of an impact it had in this draft, though, right? You had six receivers gone uh, inside the top, was it 18 picks? And I don't think this is a particularly good receiver class. I think it's a very average one. But teams are understanding the value of getting a you know, a receiver on a rookie contract. And then we had two trades. We saw the Titans trade A.J. Brown to the Eagles. AJ that was Brown surprising. Ended. That was surprising. I I like that trade for the Eagles, though, because they have cap space and they needed somebody that could play on the outside and be physical. You pair him and Devontae Smith together, makes total sense to me. I don't get the Hollywood Brown one for the Cardinals at all. I, I don't. When you watch the playoff game against the Rams this year, was there a problem, a lack of speed at receiver? Yeah. <laughs> I mean – yeah. Not my thought. I mean, and Hollywood has just one year left on his deal before you have to pay him. Yeah. I, uh, I, I don't get it. I, but I, dare I say, Philadelphia may be the best team in the division. Um, this makes okay. a huge difference to me um, because uh, Dallas, I think, had a rough offseason. Um, I don't know how much contribution they're going to get uh, from their first round pick, as you already stated. Mm-hmm. Um, they lost Randy Gregory, man. That's going to hurt. And who on the Cowboys, just out of curiosity, who's covering A.J. Brown? If you say Trayvon Diggs, I, I like Trayvon Diggs, and he, he, you know, he makes a lot of big-time plays like a star, but who's going to body up A.J. Brown on that team, you know? Yeah, I, nobody. I mean, the thing that's going to come down with the Eagles is do you trust Jalen Hurts to get him the football? Um if the the good news for the Eagles is, and I I really admire the strategy, you are going to know one way or, or another for sure this way this year on Jalen Hurts, right? Yeah. You put enough weapons around him. You have a really good offensive line. You should be able to run the ball like crazy. You're going to know. And if it's not, and if it's not Jalen Hurts, you have two first round picks next year to go get your quarterback. Man, but they improved uh, their defensive line. They got Jordan oh, yeah. Davis, yeah. right? They already improved. You remember they got uh, Reddick in free agency. They already improved their pass rush. Mm-hmm. Um, I just, you know, and that team, once it changed its identity around midseason, they started running the ball uh, with Jalen Hurts. You've got to play 11 on 11. Um, you don't have to worry about that with the other teams in the division. With Daniel Jones or Washington or the Cowboys, you don't have to play 11-on-11 in the run game. You do against Philadelphia because of Hurts' ability. Um, I, I, I'd i pick them to win the NFC East right now. Okay. Um, so Yeah, we'll have plenty of time to talk about that. Can I just – a couple other things that we want to talk yeah, about ahead. really quickly. I, I want to get back to the Cardinals and this Hollywood Brown thing. Um, obviously, Hollywood has a history with Kyler Murray playing at Oklahoma. I get it. I think I think Hollywood could be really good with them. But Elliot, do you know that they've spent either a first or second round pick on a wide receiver in five straight drafts? <laughs> five straight drafts. I mean, this team is spending draft capital at receiver like crazy, and I don't think that offensive line is very good. Um, I think they needed to improve their pass rush and pass rush. We got a 180 pound receiver that can't stay healthy. Yeah, a pass rush for them. You know, uh, if you're going to compete with the Rams, you've got to get after Matt Stafford. It's that simple. 
you know, if if the 49ers could have gotten to Matt Stafford uh, more, <clears throat> they win that championship game, but they expose their secondary. And so uh, the Cardinals, <clears throat> I think they consider themselves a contender. Why shouldn't they? they should. <clears throat> Excuse me. I'm with you 100%. Um, I'll do another one. Um, Kyle Hamilton, the safety from Notre Dame. I wasn't mm-hmm. as high on him as a lot of people were in this draft, but – I, th- I think he landed in the perfect spot with Baltimore because I think his game being 6'4", 220, which is a rare size for safety, is built on being able to do a lot of things at the line of scrimmage. Well, if that's the case, you better have a really good free safety that can kind of cover everything else up. Well, who did Baltimore sign this offseason? Marcus Williams, who might be just the best free safety in the NFL right now. So they're going to use Hamilton as like a pseudo linebacker. They're going to mm-hmm. blitz him. They're going to have him cover tight ends. Uh, I, I think Hamilton landed in the perfect spot uh, for success in the NFL. On that note, taking a safety, Minnesota got a safety uh, <clears throat> at the very end of the first round. Don't you? You got to think the Vikings were sitting there just waiting for their phone to ring, right? For somebody in the second round to go up and say, "Hey, we want to get our quarterback now." I thought for sure that was going to happen in the thirty-second pick, and just didn't happen. Yeah, <laughs> sounds like they had offers, uh, but they. They made one of the wildest trades I think I've ever seen in the draft. They went from 12 to 32, and they didn't get like a future first-round pick. They basically swapped second and third-round picks. I mean, they if you look at like the Jerry or the Jimmy Johnson trade value chart, that one was so lopsided in favor of Detroit. I, I, I'm curious why Minnesota decided to do well, that. Well, wouldn't one reason be that they thought that they would get offers you know, like, hey, if we don't, if the guy we want, we don't get him, we're always going to get, you're always going to get major offers when you're the 32nd pick. Maybe the offers I mean, just weren't good enough. There's also a chance that they were just going to take Lewis Seen at 12 anyways. And it's like, hey, let's fall back to 32. Who cares if we get crushed in the trade value chart? If we can get some additional draft capital, we're fine. Right. But if Seen would have gotten taken – like by Cincinnati, for example. Sure. Okay. Who took sure. a safety that you you already talked about that? <clears throat> then you can always kind of lean back on, hey, we're going to get offers at this pick. Yep. Somebody's going to want to come up and get a quarterback or something, especially when they made that trade, because when they made that trade, Pickett wasn't off the board yet. Oh. And you, you had to think at least one quarterback's going to go off the board. <clears throat> and of course, Minnesota made that famous trade with Seattle years ago. Uh, on the other, on the reverse part of it, to get Teddy Bridgewater in that exact spot when Seattle held the thirty-second uh, overall pick. But um, that, anything else? Yeah, um, I really like the Jets draft, man. I'm just yeah. so fired up yeah. about the Jets because getting Sauce Gardner at four is incredible. Garrett Wilson's the type of receiver they needed, and they were debating whether to take Garrett Wilson uh, at ten or Jermaine Johnson. They trade up in the first round to get Jermaine Johnson at 26. I don't want to say the Jets are playoff contenders or Super Bowl contenders or anything like that, but I think you have to be at least a little bit excited if you're a Jets fan. I like Garrett Wilson's look. He was very quirky looking. You know, just this, he just kind of waddled out there and it was just, I don't know, it's just funny. Uh, but he looked really fast, yeah. just walking in a suit. By the way, it's, it's a so great way to watch. Player. Huh? <laughs> so that's a great way to judge a player. Well, that's kind of my my little funny note about the draft. I love watching the offensive linemen. I can't remember if it was uh, was it Manu, which one that his thighs were so big 
that it looked like he couldn't even walk because his pants just don't fit around his thighs. It's hilarious watching the the tackles oh, in their yeah. suits because yeah. form-fitting pants are more – they're all the rage now. These guys literally, because of their quads, they cannot move. And one of them, I was just like, how is he even walking right now? It's yeah. – uh, Made me laugh, but can, can I can I do one more really quickly? Of course, you. I was just about to say I'm going to give you the, the final yeah. thought. I didn't love the trades that the Saints made pre-draft and during the draft. They gave up a lot to go from 16 to 11. Uh, I think there was a third and fourth round pick to move up five spots. It's kind of a lot. However, something that we've been saying all offseason long is that the Saints have the slowest offense in the league. Right? Mm-hmm. It was just a huge need for them. So they go up and they get Chris Olave, a legitimate 4-3 speed, a fantastic route runner. And now you pair him with Michael Thomas. You've got two of the best route runners in the league. You've got somebody who can take the top off the defense. If Jameis Winston can stay healthy and play like he did in the first few weeks of the season, I really like the Saints roster. Like I just I like this team quite a bit. I, I'm just curious to how they'll be without Sean Payton. Well, I was gonna say, say what you want about Jameis. Jameis can get the ball. Uh, yeah. He can get it outside the numbers. He can get it down the field. He can get it down the seam. He can throw the skinny post on a rope. Um, that's what you're going to want to do uh, with that guy. So <clears throat> here I am giving you the final thought, and I'm uh, opining. So uh, I did you have a pick that, night. Did you have a pick that you liked more than most? I did. Uh, I had a couple actually. I really liked what Detroit did as a mm-hmm. team. Um, I'm kind of excited about them, and I. To be honest, I kind of enjoyed the the wide receiver run. Um, I thought, you know, why not? Why not with the way the game is right now? If there's one guy I'm looking through the first round. Actually, you, you know, I, I, are you surprised the Packers and the Chiefs didn't draft a receiver? Both those oh, teams had two yeah. first round you picks. What I didn't like, it was the Packers. Um, but you asked me what I liked. I, I think it's Aiden Hutchinson. Um, yeah. I love the yeah. fact that they just went and got – Maybe the best player in the draft, a guy that you guys have talked about. Like I said, I know Mel Kuyper had him as his top player on his board. And I just want Detroit to have a guy that they can hang their hat on. You know, uh, I'm, I'm really it feels like the guy that they've needed since Calvin Johnson and Stafford yes. left, right? We did our podcast on uh, Tuesday and we talked about the one, you know, thing that every team had to get right. And when we got to the Lions, you said you, you started talking about kind of a defensive and edge player. And I said to you, how about just an impact defensive oh, yeah. lineman period? And you said, yes, someone who can create pressure, disrupt. That's exactly what they got. That's exactly what they got. And I said, I differed from you in that same podcast. When you said that, I go, I said, while I agree with you on defensive line, I'd really like to see them go get an impact wide receiver. And when they do, they went and trade out got an impact wide receiver. So this, I, I, I don't think people, I don't think people realize how close Detroit is from having a huge turnaround for this team. Like you bet it, it could happen fast. And I'm not predicting that they're going to be like the Bengals and go from, you know, a top five pick to the Super Bowl. But let's say they nail the quarterback thing next offseason. I think that roster is ready to go, man. I, I really do. And I think this could be a team that is. Four and thirteen. All of a sudden, they're eleven and six, and they're in the divisional round against a good Green Bay team, and they can hold their own. Like I think, I think it can happen fast. Well, two thoughts. Number one, it really should be go from four and twelve to eleven and five. But uh, we I know agree. how that, that got bungled. 
And I love it when you say the Bengals. Every time you do, I think of Manic Monday because uh, the way you pronounce it. I know you don't know that song. It's from the 80s. Do you want me to say the Bungles you, instead? You could play it while you're preparing for your kegs and eggs uh, video. Play uh, <laughs> Manic Monday. So uh, he's uh, at Marcus underscore Mosher. He's the host of Locked On Cowboys. He's a huge draft, Nick. He's extremely excited about day two. You can follow all of his Twitter takes on the draft there at Marcus underscore Mosher. He also covers the Raiders for USA Today. You can get his uh, strong opinions on what a great 2019 draft they had. Also on, on Twitter, I'm at Harrison NFL and uh, enjoy the draft, everybody. See ya.